Hey y'all, welcome to Cashville. This is No Ties 1879, a podcast where we, two Fijian folks, talk about our experiences growing up in a white Canadian suburb and raise awareness about Girmit, the British indentured labor system. It's Ange, and we're coming at you again with another reproduced episode of some guest pods and shows that we were on. This one was a fun one, y'all. Um, I guested on the Arif and Pepper show, or the Pepper and Arif show, depending on which one you ask. They both love to advocate for the other one. It was a sick conversation, meaningful, insightful, and I really enjoyed being able to share more about the work that I do when it comes to anti-racism work and menstrual equity. We hope you enjoyed this one. And before I go, just wanted to acknowledge that this episode was recorded on the stolen and unceded lands of the Musqueam, Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, Kwiketlem, Kwantlen, Katsi, Kakite, Semiamu, and Tawasin First Nations, otherwise known as Surrey, BC. We'll catch you later. You know we're live. Yes, and, we are. And, and they can hear everything. We're Welcome doing. to the Pepper Interview <laughs> Show while we're kind of semi-live. Yes. So, you know, this is kind of like it's our... It's actually our, the Reef and Pepper Show. Let's correct that. A <laughs> comes before P. Well, the text says differently, so people mm. can come to their own assumptions. Yes. So this is just about a month, over a month for us doing this. So we're mm-hmm. kind of still getting used to the kinks and the equipment and all the other little details that we got going on. Um, so big shout out to Radio Bula Musti for putting up with our incompetence for the time <laughs> being. Uh, Dreams Asian TV yes. and... And um, Shana TV as well. Yes. And I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Pajab Banquet Hall. Uh, if you do need a hall for a party or event, they seat 50 to 850 people. Mm-hmm. Contact number is 604 598 7611. You can reach out to Jiwen or Shama. And if you're doing a Fun. charitable cause, yes. fundraiser, yep. they'll actually donate the space to you. Mm-hmm. You just got to pay for the food. Because mm-hmm. we Which love you. Which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> yes. Great cause good space. We've been mm-hmm. to a lot of weddings, of course, at Fajab Banquet Hall. That's right. And uh, do you want to introduce our, our guests that we have here this evening? Yes, I do. I'm so excited. We have no other than Angeline Prakash, and she is from No Ties uh, Podcast, and it's No Ties 18... 18- 79 sure is yeah (laughs) and uh, so i'm super excited so excited to have you here it's absolutely amazing thank you so much for joining us today thank Uh, you for having me i'm stoked to be here so tell (laughs) us a little bit about yourself like okay so uh so tell our viewers and listeners Mm -hmm. where are you born and raised Good question. <laughs> hey, okay. Um, it's kind of weird to like talk about yourself, right? Because yes. I'm always the one on the other side mm-hmm. um, asking everyone about themselves. Yeah. So it's kind of this is kind of strange. Uh, so thank you for putting me in an uncomfortable position so yeah, I can grow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get a little hot in here. Yeah. If it isn't. It's already. hot. It's yeah. hot. <laughs> um, yeah. So my name is Angeline Komal Prakash. I am first generation Canadian, as I love to say. Um, yeah, my parents and my brother came here from Fiji and I was born here um, and I currently live and since the beginning, um, since I've been born, um, on the traditional and stolen lands of the Tawasin and Musqueam First Nations, wow. also known yeah. as Delta. 
Um, if we want to get specific, Ladner, we can get into, <laughs> we can get in all about Ladner. Wait, before you get too far away from what we were talking about, now, <laughs> it's interesting that you say this because you say first-generation Canadian. Yes. Um, I find it hard to refer to myself as a first-generation Canadian because mm-hmm. when we look at the bigger picture of things, Canada's not really a country. <laughs> So how yeah. do you feel saying that? And um, I mean, because I, I know you have a very activist mindset. How do you feel yeah. comfortable approaching that? Yeah, good question. Um, I I guess I don't actually really identify as Canadian mm-hmm. unless I am somewhere other than Canada. Um, and I need to specify that. Um, and as you can imagine, if you're somewhere else outside of North America, mm-hmm. it's actually very confusing for people um, for them to hear that I'm Canadian so um, you know I've been to Asia I've been to Malaysia Thailand Indonesia um, and a lot of people there look like us and mm-hmm. think that you're part of them yes, yes. yeah absolutely um, and so you know when they hear me speak and they ask me where I'm from um, it's very confusing and so I've really only ever said I am Canadian um, when I've been outside of Canada, um, but mm. yes, it is challenging for me to identify as Canadian because I don't really know what that means. Um, I think that growing up as kids, we were sort of, I don't know, taught to... Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> but like there was this, um, a certain amount of pride in being Canadian because we were, you know, in, you know, true north be strong and free right we you know like you know there was a certain pride in um, you know my parents getting out Um, and so yeah you know we we did the Canadian stuff Um, you know we celebrated at Canada Place on the first as kids like we did those things we went for fireworks you know Um, and I think in the last like 10 years or so um, as I have learned and grown and um, you know, left my little box of Ladner. Um, I've 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 learned a lot, and um, I've came to realize that a lot of the things that I felt very unsettled about as a child and as a teenager going to high school in my hometown, um, I was right in a sense. I was right to feel uncomfortable. So tell us a little bit about those uncomfortable, like you know. Yeah. Like what was so what are some of the things that made you feel uncomfortable that you're mm-hmm. talking about? Yeah, so um I was always that person who like called out the microaggressive racism, right? So mm-hmm. um the challenging part about racism in Canada predominantly is that the racism is very subtle here. Mm-hmm. Um and it's Probably. very it's very ignorant. Um and it's it's not as blatant as using a racial slur Mm -hmm. and so I was someone who I would feel like I was very um, I was able to identify microaggressive racism from a very young age and I just knew that things were wrong Mm -hmm. Um, and I would always call it out uh, but no one else around me knew that that was a thing you know it's not okay to um, you know not to get too specific, but it's you know it's it's not okay to generalize and stereotype stuff like that. It's 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 not okay to do that and to generalize and be specific about a certain group of people. Like it's not okay to do that. So, um, so did you find bringing these things up, obviously, to immigrant parents that are considered mm-hmm. like the model minority type of immigrant parents? Sure. Did you find them to give you pushback, or did you find support? Because like personally, for me, mm-hmm. my dad 
on his first couple weeks in this country was called the N-word. Um, yeah. And he's, in a, he's a very aggressive, dominant alpha male, so he resorts right. to violence. Right. And then people respect violence right. for some idiotic reason. But that's kind of how it went down. Yeah. So did you find you had someone, did you find you had the support to speak out and be anti mm -hmm. to these kind of behaviors? Uh, short answer is no. Um, you know, just to, you know, quickly like speak to you know your your dad's response and then the respect that he got i think that for the time that's what that's just the way that it was right, yeah. and i think it was also just like in a sense necessary yeah. at the time mm -hmm. uh it was also just necessary at the time um but of course that is not the way that we try to approach things mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. um we try to approach things from um uh, a perspective of like having a conversation and um, you know defeating ignorance right and so um, that's kind of what I tried to do I think that there was lots of frustration as a kid um, in having to explain everything all the time but um, there there was not support I, I will say that I don't I don't think there was ever support um, I have an older brother who is four years older than me and so there was that's quite the gap mm -hmm. and so you know we didn't have a similar crowd similar friends um, growing up um, you know he wasn't around when I was in high school um, and of course I, I think the the challenge with immigrant parents is that the the hard part is done right the hard part is leaving and getting here everything that happens here is just this is just cake this is just you we can manage yeah we can deal with this because they already did the hard part and i think that that is a fair stance to have mm -hmm. uh from their perspective mm -hmm. um and i think that there is also a lot of you know just speaking um solely for the indo-fijian population there's a lot of um not critical thinking there's yes. you're not taught to critically think you're not taught to question things mm -hmm. or advocate for yourself and mm -hmm. so um you know if things were the way that they were well that is just the way that they were supposed to be like who who are you to question it, it. yeah and so no there there wasn't support it was just me on my own feeling like a crazy person that i'm the only one <laughs> who feels this way mm -hmm. yeah so with that being said, like, is this what drove you to your podcast? Like the, mm -hmm. like the energy, the, the positive energy, I want to say, and I don't want, well, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's some negative there too, yeah. maybe lots, yeah. right? To really like, you know, give you the strength and, yeah. you know, the ability to, to put this podcast together. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the impetus for the podcast was... Peya and I, we needed an outlet and we needed to find a way to heal. And, and when I say heal, our, our high school careers and our upbringings mm -hmm. um, and our young adult lives growing up in, in Ladner mm -hmm. had done such a number on us. Mm -hmm. And um, we knew that we had something to say. It was it was very simple. We had something to say. We wanted to put it out there, mm -hmm. and it was a form of healing for us. And um, the the activism was some is something that just kind of shines through. It's just how, um, like I I it's wake how you up. Communicate. It is. Yeah. It is. You know. I am very understanding. I don't think that everyone acknowledges that. You know. Like I wake up every day, mm -hmm. and I walk this earth, mm -hmm. the way that I walk it, and somebody that looks like the complete opposite of me, 
they walk it completely differently, right? They have to make different choices, right? Something as simple as how I am going to do my makeup today, do my hair one day, what am I going to wear to work? You know, what kind of meetings do I have? Who am I going to see? Mm -hmm. All of these things are choices that I actively have to make every single day because I look the way that I do. And a lot of people don't really understand that that is a choice that people who look like us have to make. So I think one of the really dope things is how you represent yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's Thank great. Thank you. I, I actually agree with you 100%. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 think think it, I think it shines. Yeah. And um, I think 20 years ago, you, you wouldn't have been able to have this freedom to feel as comfortable as you are mm-hmm. um, in your skin. Mm-hmm. But now, I feel like, you know, society's in a place where individuality is almost celebrated. Like, we're getting there. Sure. We're yeah. moving towards individuals being celebrated. Yeah, moving um, towards. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's easy to say and, and, and do these things, you know, when you're actively in the skin doing it. Mm-hmm. But people that are watching you from the outside just probably think, oh, that's who, how she has always been. That's who she is. Mm-hmm. That's just how she represents. But to actively think to make the decisions, I don't think people really get that. Um, and you said the podcast is healing. Now, mm-hmm. people use these words a lot right now. Mm-hmm. The buzzwords of healing and sure, s- yeah. self-worth and wellness and all these other things that people yeah. kind of try to use buzzwords to build themselves up. And almost, I hate to say this, but there is a lot of victimization that people put upon themselves yeah. because yeah. people want to be able to be a part of an oppressed people or a part of an oppressed sure. group or kind of build this oppression so they're yeah they're coming from a place of yeah. well my back's against the wall too like look what I have to deal with <laughs> yeah when you say healing what does that actually mean to you when you say healing mm-hmm. um so no ties literally speaks to how you know my brother and I felt like we had zero connections um and that's like with the people around us with our community with our family um you know immediate and uh, extended um it really felt like we had no ties to anything mm-hmm. because as you know indo fijians who are in canada we have no connections with india Facts. um we have very little connection to fiji because we've only been there a handful of ties times and um there's also there's i think that there's definitely been a certain pride in being fijian but it hasn't really been explained why right there's something cool about being from a tropical island but that's kind of where it stops and Mm -hmm. there wasn't really much else there and so when we started to learn more about why Mm -hmm. our great-grandparents were in fiji and why our parents had to leave and why we just are the way that we are right like why is it that we are you know why is it that children of immigrants are so similar in their experiences why is it that immigrants have you know share in this similar experience of trauma you know that gets passed down and so there was just so much digging Mm -hmm. um that was happening and we just knew that it was just too perfect to be a coincidence. Um, it was too um, personal. It, it was very personal, but it was like almost too personal to not share, mm-hmm. right? I, I think mm-hmm. that it would have been selfish for us mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of keep that to ourselves because I think that he and I are both very uh, outspoken people. I think mm-hmm. that we're both 
the outgoing. He's definitely more extroverted than I am. But you guys are polar opposites. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but it was important to us to share our experiences and our stories because we knew that there was no way that it was just us. Right. We, you know, and so from No Ties, we wanted to speak to that and create those ties and create those connections um, without forgetting where it was that we came from, which was, you know, this, you know, predominantly Caucasian neighborhood, mm -hmm. this very unique experience mm -hmm. of, you know, being Indo-Fijians mm -hmm. in this neighborhood that had never seen anything like us and immediately put us in a box, mm -hmm. immediately. And so, you know, a, a lifetime um, or, you know, half a lifetime of assumptions made about us are, you know, being exposed on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really important to us to put that out there um, because it, it has been very healing. It um, has been very, um, I don't know, it's like a weight off. It really mm -hmm. has felt like a weight off to be able to share and be honest, right? Um, be honest without feeling this sense of victimhood. I think that the victimhood was what we were living in. Mm -hmm. And now it's not that. It's resilience mm -hmm. on so many levels, mm -hmm. right? Um, our resilience speaks to our parents' resilience, speaks mm -hmm. to our ancestors' mm -hmm. resilience. And uh, I think it's been it's been pretty beautiful. It's been pretty amazing to like nice. make connections with mm -hmm. folks like yourselves. It's pretty incredible. Um, and I can say that, you know, something that he and I used to talk about just this time last year was next year life is going to be very different we are going to grow and you know become these whole people and you know I don't think that we're ever going to stop growing Can't. No. Yeah. Can't, yeah. yeah there's just there's yeah there's just so much growing to do especially because we're just these like unique Millennials who you know, had this very like late start in life in a sense to um, bring ourselves out of that victimhood. And I wouldn't say late. Uh, I mean, you know what? I mean, yeah. that's one way of putting it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's one way of putting it. Yeah, it but, it doesn't totally resonate, right? Yeah. But there's just been it. It just kind of took us a little while longer to, I yeah. guess, figure figure some things out because things happen for a reason yeah and there's timing i really strongly believe in that mm -hmm. and i think that you're helping a lot of people i think had you, you have done this a little bit earlier i honestly think that people would not understand mm -hmm. and people wouldn't get your you know your drive behind it and then the whole no ties thing i think that now where we are today mm -hmm. i think that more and more people are actually wanting to know, yeah, and they get it. Well, and, think, and they, yeah, and I, I they agree. respect it. I think a part of it is too is is as an individual, you guys are way more comfortable in your skin, mm -hmm. and way more comfortable mm -hmm. expressing yourselves. Because I mean, if you weren't yes. comfortable with people hearing some really dark stuff, man, mm -hmm. like I've, I've, I've <laughs> yeah. listened to quite a few of you guys' episodes, and I mean, even for Ashneel, we're gonna have him on later in the month, but mm -hmm. um, y'all visit some dark spaces. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think it's, I mean, you obviously understand the feedback that you're getting on social media. People, you know, shower you guys with praise and affection. Mm -hmm. and, and I, it's I think, pretty amazing. I, yeah. I think that's the most profound thing because it's not coming from, it's not like you guys are bigging yourselves up. You have people of all kinds that are mm -hmm. kind of all over yourself, all over mm -hmm. you guys right now mm -hmm. and, and sharing love. So, which kind of, I think you guys are the anomaly. Mm -hmm. 
you especially, mm-hmm. I think you're an anomaly in this community. Okay. If you meet a lot of Indian girls, Indo-Fijian girls, just brown-skinned women in general that aren't outspoken, that don't have a vehicle, that don't have a platform, yeah. what do you suggest or how would you how do you go about finding empowerment when you don't have the confidence, when you don't have a voice, you don't have a platform? Yeah. That is hard, right? That's, that's so hard mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you just want to be heard, yeah. right? And you want someone to acknowledge um, your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, your struggle. Mm-hmm. I don't really know, I'll be honest, I don't know what the perfect answer is for that. Mm-hmm. I think that we um, we took it to a, an extreme, in a sense, and we started a podcast mm-hmm. um, to put it all out there. However, well, and, and I'm asking for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's Women's History Month, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we just had Women's History Day, I think it's the 8th. International Women's Day, yeah, Tuesday. Right, Right, so the whole month of March is essentially dedicated to women's history. Mm -hmm. And um, I always find it hard to get behind these actionable days of college. Sure, yeah. I find it to be a little bit, uh, I mean, we talked about anti-bullying day when we came with the pink shirts and stuff. I find it, you, uh, to me, it's like the ultimate virtue signal. It's performative, right? Yeah, like, right? look at me, look yes. at me, I'm celebrating yeah. you today. Today, Let yep. me be a POS for the rest of the 364 days of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah. And for me, personally, I come from a, a situation um, with a very soft-spoken, highly intelligent, educated mom uh, that spent her whole life being oppressed. Mm-hmm. So for me, this issue, is, it, it means a lot to me because I, right. I want all the women that I know to feel empowered, to feel powerful, to feel magical in their own skin, mm-hmm. to feel like a, being a life giver is not their only value on right. this planet. Yeah. And I think a month, we're getting somewhere, mm-hmm. but I still feel like it's short-sighted because we're not implementing things that create empowerment for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Now, you work directly for a government institu- institution, mm-hmm. and you kind of have your profile in a place where you could affect change eventually hmm. potentially hmm. yeah I would, I, you know <laughs> I, in my mind she's the next prime minister one day right <laughs> but i mean hey. you know we're not there yeah. yet but at this time with what with, with your, what your platform is mm-hmm. how do you start to affect change where this becomes more than a month mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of talk that things like this, like Women's History Month, Black History Month, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have Asian and Pacific Islander History Month in May. We have Filipino Heritage Month, June. There's a lot of these things Mm -hmm. that no one really knows about. I think that they're slowly being adopted or co-opted, however you want to call it. Women are like the double double minority in this case. Right. Like the, Mm -hmm. the object of double the oppression. Yeah. So outside of the ethnic groups that we're looking at, mm-hmm. just from the female perspective specifically, mm-hmm. how do we begin to change behaviors that actually mean something? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it, it's the simple answer is it's not just a day. It's not just a month, mm-hmm. right? Um, true equity means that, you know, at this time in our history where we lack female leadership in government, um, companies of all sizes, organizations um, of all sizes, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, true equity says that we need to enact 
policy, real policy, actionable policy that says that, you know, we need to have a certain amount of staff who are comprised of um, individuals who identify as women or females, like, you know, things like that. And so it's sort of easier said Dangerous. than done. Yeah, it is, right? And it's, it's sort of easier said than done, right? Because we can we can say all of these things, we can do all of these things, mm. but it is, it's, then someone has to hold those people accountable and, you know, how do we police the world? Right? How do we police a Fortune 500 company whose main goal is profit, profit, and they're driven by that? And you know, there's also the instance of these companies and organizations um, hiring folks who um, implement uh, DE and I initiatives, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's their job. That's their whole job. But oh, yeah. again, it um, in some instances becomes a checkbox, right? We've hired this person. They're at the table, but we don't necessarily have to listen to what they say, right? Which really bothers me a lot. <laughs> it should bother you. It should make you mad. It, it does. <laughs> it does make me very mad. You know, because I hate that checkbox. That check yeah. mark, I hate, yeah. with, I hate with, it so Without much. losing my day job, <laughs> I, I work for a corporation, yeah. a very large corporation that has this now inclusionary checkbox. Yeah. Oh. Um, and we, we get too. sent these yeah. extremely tone-deaf emails, and I don't think they understand yeah. how tone-deaf they really are, because mm -hmm. when you look at who is uh, upper management, the CEO, the vice president, so far, so on down the line, it's obviously only one group of people yeah. and they are always going to be tone deaf because they've never lived an experience yeah. outside of one of privilege. Yeah. Now, I, I, uh, one of the reasons this is an important, important conversation is because in one of your stories on Instagram, you specifically said toxic masculinity has got to go. Feminism benefits everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Please expect. <laughs> sure. So, um, Okay, I'll just start off by saying, like, you know, quick little disclaimer. I'm going to acknowledge that this is going to be a challenging topic for a lot of folks. Um, because Suck as soon it as. Up. Yep. Um, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Thank you. It's Thank okay. you, my brother. Because, yeah. Um, it's okay. I mean, you know what? I think that we need to talk about this. I'm a grown this. ass man. I'm an 80s baby. <laughs> yeah. I can deal with it. First of all, you're not my mom, okay? <laughs> I like being his mom. Um, I'm an 80s baby. I come from a broken generation of men that don't yeah. know how to handle emotion, feelings, mm -hmm. or people mm -hmm. that are different. If I can come to grips with it, y'all can come to grips with it. So <laughs> suck it up. Please. Yeah. <laughs> and there it is, right there. I think we can just go home, right? Um, yeah, so feminism is for everyone. Now, when we, we talk about feminism, um, I think there is the idea um, of or the understanding of what feminism is to people like our parents is you know crazy women you know running up and down the street with no bras on and just you know getting mad and there was a time and place where that was necessary yeah. and you know when we talk about first wave feminism and you know women getting the right to vote you know, there's there's a time and place for everything, mm -hmm. and I know that you know I I do the work that I do today, not necessarily for um, my 
personal benefit, but for the benefit of, you know, my niece and your daughter and the generations that come after, because I know that currently, right now, I am benefiting from the first waves, the first and second wave of feminism, Mm -hmm. and the third wave of feminism that have happened throughout history. And so current feminism (laughs) Um, you know of course the the definition right is the social political um, and uh, financial um, equity Mm -hmm. right of 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 all of the sexes or Mm -hmm. genders right Um, and so when we when we talk about equity and when we talk about um, you know what that means um, we, we talk about everyone being up at the same level, right? So as a woman, um, as a woman of color and acknowledging all of my intersections, right? Um, somebody like me should be um, provided a more equitable circumstance to reach the same goal as say, you know, a cis white man, mm-hmm. right? Because that cis white man is going to have less challenges than me. Um, and so I need to be given more to reach the same level, mm-hmm. right? Now, when we talk about how feminism um, benefits everyone, because I don't want to talk about Women's History Month and International Women's Day as it is just exclusionary of men and all who identify as men. And it is not just inclusionary of people who were born as women and um, you know are fit into the binary of what we would call women right so Mm -hmm. International Women's Day and Women's History Month is for everyone because feminism benefits everyone because if we can get to a place where we have achieved equity Mm -hmm. then it also means that we don't have to like you don't have to adhere to the standards of men right like i think about someone like like my dad right who of course had to feel the pressures of raising a family in a new country mm-hmm. and having to be the breadwinner and having to be the strong man who you know didn't show emotion and never cried and you know passed that down to his son and you know was just you know we call strong man right in in caveman talk right strong man right and he didn't get the chance to give emotionally or receive mm-hmm. right because of these standards that were put out there from whenever right um are and they're cultural they're not necessarily just you know here they are universal um, and they're not necessarily specific to a people um, of color or religion and so it was very important to me um, to you know in my conversations um, in the last week or so and moving forward that you know like you can be a feminist right you are a male-identifying individual who presents as a male, and you use male pronouns and you uh, other male identifiers like dad, mm-hmm. right? But you can be a feminist. That is a thing, mm-hmm. and I think that's really challenging for some people to understand that you don't have to be a menstruator or a woman to be a feminist, and you don't have to be a menstruator or a woman to benefit mm-hmm. from feminism, right? as soon as we can get up to the standard where everything is equitable, then it means that we've dismantled 
toxic masculinity standards. We've dismantled patriarchy, right? Like patriarchy is just this everlasting construct that we live in and true feminism and, and, you know, and equity would, would mean that, you know, all of that ceases to exist. A couple of things you said I want to <laughs> get into a little bit. Now you, at one point you said, um, when you're comparing your progress to that of a cis white male and the idea of you, now, because people are hearing these ideas mm-hmm. and it scares a lot of people sure. because it's a dramatic change. Now when you say, I need to be given more. Sure to get to the same place Mm -hmm. as a cis white male. People need to understand when you say, I need to be given more, Mm -hmm. you don't literally mean (laughs) someone shows up and (laughs) gives you stuff to get somewhere. This is about resources. This is about support programs. Uh This is about having a community you can feel safe in. Uh This is more than Mm -hmm. about being given a handout. Right, and I will also acknowledge that I know that I do live with quite a bit of privilege because I, um, you know, while I am like a woman of color who lives in a white town and has grown up in a white town and has my Mm -hmm. experiences that I have grown up with in that town, I also am extremely privileged to be able to go for a walk in that town at any hour of the night without yeah. feeling um, an issue with for my physical safety. Mm-hmm. That is not a thing. Um, and, um, you know, just to, just to hammer that one home, uh, my parents are also never anxious with me, um, you know, going for a late night walk, um, which is, that's just something that we do in the middle of the summer and Ladner is just a thing mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the whole town shuts down really, really early and it's just, it's just normal. And I know that there are so many women and men out there um, locally, right, within the Lower Mainland who do not have that privilege, mm-hmm. right? So let's just use that as an example, mm-hmm. right? I have something that other women don't necessarily, they don't have the access mm-hmm. to go for a walk at any hour of mm-hmm. the night. Um, feeling um, unsafe mm-hmm. physically in my hometown is not a challenge that I have to overcome. Mm-hmm. It might have been mentally at some point, mm-hmm. but it is it is not something currently that I have to deal with. And it, it never will be. I, I don't think it ever will be, right? And, and that is what we mean by privilege, right? It doesn't mean that, you know, I have had, haven't had a hard life or anything like mm-hmm. that. It just means that I don't have to deal with this thing that other people do have to deal with. And it is a really big issue for them, right? Like you think about a woman, you know, getting off the bus late at night and having to walk that, you know, what short distance from the bus stop to her house and, and you know, the feelings of physical unsafety that she might feel. That's that's not a thing. I've never had that. I haven't had to deal with that. Oh man, this is um, it's a tough one for me because um, I become uh, an object of fear for women. Yeah. At night. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the moment, I'm offended. Yeah. In the moment, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> move your bag to the other side, mm-hmm. cross the street when you see me. These little things, I'm like, what? But they don't know me. Right. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to understand um, that 
what I look like at night to a, a individual woman walking down the street uh-huh. is literally a threat. Mm-hmm. Threat to her safety, a threat mm-hmm. to her potential freedom, and a threat to her being alive. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had a conversation with men about stuff like this, and it took me a while to get through to some people. Cause I'm like, yo, yeah. Imagine being five foot four, 120 pounds, yeah. by yourself, <laughs> nobody around, yeah. and this six foot dude is walking towards you. You have no idea who this person is, whether they're mm-hmm. s- look friendly, smile at you, whatever it is. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of men have to get to this place where every time you see a woman by herself, the idea in their mind is, oh, I feel okay about this. It's more like, please don't look at me. Mm-hmm. Please don't come close to me. Right. Please stay away from me. <laughs> yeah. And I think we need to kind of start to reinforce these ideas of what it means for someone to feel safe all the time. Because if we lived in a society where women felt safe, like when we had your daughter on here uh-huh. and um, she had brought up sexual assault and she was wearing sweats and mm-hmm. a, a t-shirt I remember she made it a point to clarify I wasn't asking for it I wasn't dressed like I was asking for it right and she made a point to say that uh-huh. and it blew my mind because I'm like why do you have to even put a disclaimer in uh-huh. there's never an ask no one ever asks to be raped or physically assaulted or sexually right. assaulted but she made a point to say it. Right. And that's damaging as hell. Because that's, that, that means as a culture, we're, we're broken. Yeah. We are broken. Um, I will say that I absolutely identify with that feeling of having to justify yourself, explain yourself mm-hmm. constantly, mm-hmm. Um, having to ensure everyone knows that you know my intentions were one thing um and i didn't mean to and you know just having to pacify everybody's feelings that is just the world that we grow up in as women mm-hmm. right and um you know i i just want to like on another note um just comment on that comment of you know like her saying that she wasn't dressed as if she was asking for mm-hmm. it um i haven't heard the conversation and so i'm not you know perfectly um clear on exactly what the context was mm-hmm. however i will say that yes you're right no one ever is asking for it but there is no way that someone is ever dressed where they are asking for it i agree sweats baggy t-shirt mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. Right? There's probably um, some part in the world right now mm-hmm. where what I am wearing right now mm-hmm. would be classified as asking for it, right? Um, in a more liberal place like mm-hmm. North America, it's going to be something with like thin straps and a low v neck mm-hmm. and a short skirt is asking for it, mm-hmm. right? But this is what we are talking about when we are talking about feminism and, you know. Mm-hmm dismantling the patriarchy is that that is a patriarchal standard right that is a social construct that somebody just made up one day Mm -hmm. and the rest of us just ran with Mm -hmm. right how many times have we been in some sort of familial setting Mm -hmm. where we have been told to make sure that we dress a certain way or to go change or uh, to sit a certain way, all of those things, Mm -hmm. right? No one has ever addressed 
the sexualizer. Yes, absolutely, right? We we tend to, right, and this is unfortunately the world that we grow up in. We grow up in a world where women are taught to adhere to the needs of men and the shortcomings of men. Right? It's it's not it's too much to ask um a creep to not sexualize. It's it's more common and just more appropriate um, and easier or whatever we want to call it to just tell mm-hmm. us to fit the standard so we don't have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Right? And I I don't even think, like, I, I never, I've absolutely grown up being, you know, asked, like, you know, I'd come out of my room and, you know, my parents would be like, don't you have anything else to wear? And it was not necessarily because I was uh, dressed a certain way where I was showing too much skin. That was never really my jam. It was um, mostly because I dressed like a boy because uh, I was an athlete and I wore a lot of my brother's clothes mm-hmm. <laughs> and I dressed like a boy a lot. And They're trying to femme you up. That, but yes. However, it, it becomes very confusing, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Because it's like they they don't they want you to be like this very specific kind of femme Mm -hmm. where it's like you are dressed in some sort of form-fitting or Mm -hmm. gendered clothing Mm -hmm. that doesn't show too much skin but the moment it's like too baggy and is not gender specific Mm -hmm. then it's also not okay and it's very confusing okay Mm -hmm. and it causes identity issues (laughs) for for a lot of kids right to to have to fit into this binary and then and then fulfill the expectation of that binary i yeah that bothers me i just think it's just ridiculous i i completely agree with you like i just think that um whether you're asking for it in a in a sexy dress and heels Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. or with jordans on and a baggy Mm -hmm. shirt and i think that has nothing to do with it. Absolutely. I, yeah. I agree with you. Um, I'm not discrediting, like, you know, what my daughter went through at that time. Um, of course. You know, a lot of love, a lot of, um, you know, emotions, of you know, uh, tough times for her. Um, but, yeah, I, I 100% I agree with you. Like, I don't think, I think a creep is a creep. You know, I can be in a sexy Whoa. dress, and how do you know that I'm not a predator? I mean, it right. doesn't always have to be guys either, sure. right? Like, I mean, it there. works both ways, yeah. right? Like, I mean, even even like you were talking about, you know, how the women take their bag and go across. Well, right. you know what? That's happened to me, mm-hmm. you know? And people think that, okay, well, just because I look a certain way, hey, you know what? Let's, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? She's going to do something to us, right? Right. And, you know, so I I tend to look at it both ways. Like, you know, even when it comes to, like, um, uh, mental health, right? Of course. Guys go through a lot. Mm -hmm. Men men suffer quite a bit. Sorry, guys, just a quick interruption. Just want to quickly shout out our sponsor Mm -hmm. before we get too far away. Uh, Punjab Banquet Hall. You can contact G1 Shema at 604-598-7611. They can hold 50 to 850 people. They're in the file Banquet Center. Uh, And if you are doing it for a good cause, they will donate the space. Just got to pay for the food. Please continue your point. Well, with that being said, we do have other sponsors, too. Do we? Yes, we do. Who's the other sponsor? Well, I want to give a shout-out to Doreen Singh, who actually gave us some um, 
you know, she donated a gift. Uh, so she does wraps. Uh, she does, uh, it's called Wraps by Dough. So if you're looking for uh, any kind of, uh, you know, gift basket, uh, anywhere actually, she'll even, if you have family so in convenient. Edmonton and. Uh, I'm not trying to do stuff, right? Yeah, so. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think you're trying to. So, um, okay, so. Um, but I do want to give a shout out to Doreen Singh. Yeah. So Doreen, thank you so and much. And also, for yeah, all shout your... out for like the hustle and like yeah, yeah. do your thing, girl. Yeah, yeah. that's yes. right. That's um, right. <laughs> I think when we tried to include men in this conversation, um, let's try not to go there. That's how it feels. That, to me, it feels a little bit forced because without making it seem like we don't go through stuff. We really don't go through the same stuff. Like, no, you don't. I never have to leave my house, mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever have to leave my house mm-hmm. and be afraid of anything mm-hmm. except for the police. And I don't commit crimes. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation we'll get into. Right, right, right. But yeah, I don't ever have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. No man mm-hmm. that I know has ever said to me, man, I don't want to walk at night. I'm scared. I'm scared of my But there are, there are some guys. But here's the thing. Because I had this conversation mm-hmm. at, at work with a co-worker, and he's like, well, men get raped too. And I'm like, yes, they do. By other men. That's where it happens. <laughs> right, right. Sexual assault against men happens to men, primarily, by men. There aren't mm-hmm. female serial rapists that are putting men in jeopardy, or putting their safety sure. in jeopardy. And, and y'all got to listen, okay? I'm not a man-hater. Okay? I'm a man. <laughs> but I understand in the place that we are in society, in the place that we are in our lives, and in this world, mm. we have this irresponsible advantage in life mm. uh, that we don't talk about and don't really give truth to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I try to kind of level the playing field with the people that I know and the people that I speak with and the men that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really try to break, bring people down to earth. Uh, it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely lost friends over this. But I try to keep the balance in my household for sure because mm-hmm. there's two boys and there's two girls. And nobody gets treated differently in the house. My son is raised the same way as my daughter. My daughter gets the same privileges as my son. Mm-hmm. There's no imbalance. And I want to make it very clear when we have these conversations, it's not about downplaying the role or the importance of men. You know, there'll be a time where we talk about the suicide epidemic of men. Mm-hmm. This is not the time. Specifically... We have specifically brought on someone like you to speak to these kind of issues mm-hmm. so that people have a better understanding of where we're going wrong and how you can do individual daily things yeah. to make sure that you're not perpetuating these same kind of ideas and ideals um, and essentially punishment yeah. to the women in your lives. You're 100% right. I mean, it's not, this is going a little off topic, absolutely. And that wasn't my point um, in bringing up the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, I, all I'm really trying to say here is that I agree with you. Like, I, I 100% I agree with you. I think that, you know, you're not asking for it by dressing a certain right. way, right? And all I'm trying to say is, like, you know, and and please elaborate, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, creeps can be creeps, right? Whether you're a female yeah. or male. I mean, like, there's many women that attack women, Right and try to sexually assault right and and so tell so with me saying that hmm. elaborate tell sure me. so i'll i'll address the um 
this this thing first, this one thing first, where um, you know the predatory nature mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. women does tend to be different, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. where men might. Um, um, you know, <laughs> I feel like we should have had a trigger warning for for this show, but um, you know, men might very aggressively, um, you know, physically attack women. That is the most common thing, I guess, that we tend to see in the news, right? Um, because we don't necessarily get reported on, um, you know, the emotional abuse necessarily all the time. Um, that those things, those are things that are less reported and less talked about. Um, on the other end, you know, with f- females, the the predatory nature of females tends to be, you know, what we see in the news, what the media covers, is the teacher who preyed on a male student and actually developed a relationship. Right? right. That is more of what we tend to see when it comes to. That's a really weird one. It is. It is a very weird one because because it requires a level of of grooming and effort, Um, Mm -hmm. and there is also an element of severe emotional damage with the predator, of course, right? But there's also some celebratory feelings, which sounds bizarre, beyond bizarre. I understand. But there's some celebratory feelings for a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, whatever you are mm-hmm. when you're a student, to be able to tell your friends, yo, you know, I'm getting on with the teacher. Right. So, and this is a part of toxic masculinity and mm-hmm. patriarchy mm-hmm. and the, the issue with these social constructs that we live in, which is, you know, you know, when, when a woman is preyed on and assaulted um, or emotionally abused, it is you know, everyone knows that it is terrible. Everyone knows there's no question. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely probably some back and forth about, you know, fault and things, you know, annoying things like that. Um, but yes, w- with the other way around, right, when a woman preys on a man um, because of the way our society is, we completely invalidate the feelings of the male. Right, and that there have been absolutely like current recent instances of 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 males saying that they did not like that that they did not they didn't they didn't like being preyed upon mm-hmm. they didn't they did not want it they did not uh, consent and their friends and their peers and the world <laughs> social media. Um, you know, telling them that it's not a big deal and like that's not okay. Like it goes absolutely both ways in that sense where, you know, we can't validate one person's feelings and, and invalidate another's just because the patriarchy said it was okay. Like that's really messed up. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like on this side of the world, mm-hmm. it's the tip of the iceberg, right? Like mm-hmm. as far as where we are in women's rights, we are touching the tip of the iceberg in North America. Mm-hmm. And what I mean when I say that is there are countries in the world right now where you can legally murder, mm-hmm. legally murder a woman True. and call it an honor killing yeah. and there's nothing done about it. You can legally do this yeah. and actually be celebrated by your family. Yeah, yeah, it just, like, it just happened. In, yeah, in, in, I there was, was in Pakistan. There, there was, was a, a brother who was acquitted. Yeah, and absolutely. beheaded his sister yeah. and walked with the head in the streets right. 
So I, when I say tip of the iceberg, I'm not downplaying the struggle here, but I'm, what I'm saying is we're getting somewhere here. Mm-hmm. We are improving the situation here. We're growing here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Those parts of the world are going nowhere. Mm-hmm. If anything, they're going backwards. Yeah. You know, no acid burnings are common. You know, mm-hmm. being able to physically assault the woman in the streets mm-hmm. and no one stepping in to stop it. Yeah. But instead, people jumping in to make it worse in groups of abuse, places on, in, that, in that side of the world, I, I feel like we're just going so much further backwards. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. His, his parents, you know, welcomed him home. Um, his mom was actually uh, interviewed um, and was quoted saying that, you know, while she does weep for her daughter, she's happy that her son is home because he was, uh, you know, in jail for a year for the duration of you know, the trial or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I am very happy and lucky and privileged, again, to be living mm-hmm. in a place of the world where I can have a podcast and say whatever I want. Yes. I can feel empowered to dress the way that I want to. I can speak my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have a lot of freedom and flexibility where I am. And... I really don't take that lightly. I feel like it is a responsibility of mine um, and anyone who understands me and agrees with me to continue this movement for not just me and the folks here, but for for women globally. Um, because again, when we talk about intersectionality, location um, and global positioning is definitely something that is one of those intersections, right? Like this woman in Pakistan who Mm -hmm. was really leading a charge, leading a movement for so many women who identified with her. Um, You know, I I hate to say this, but like, like, look at, look at what happened to her. And we like i someone like me hears that and feels like we can't just let her let what happened to her happen to her and that be it mm-hmm. like we we cannot we we have to do something but in, about in, this in pakistan all the women that see this mm-hmm. take 10 steps back of course yeah. and and how would they not how would how could they not yeah, yeah. how could they not right mm-hmm. i completely that place is a hole, yo. like their lives are literally in danger Yes. Right? Um, There is no freedom to go to school and get an education. Mm -hmm. Like, simple things that somebody like me takes for granted. Mm -hmm. And that I... Opportunities that I might squander. Mm -hmm. Right? Things are... Those are the things that they they can't even do if they wanted to. And if they wanted to do them, then they would literally have their lives taken away from them. Mm -hmm. That is something that I will never be able Mm -hmm. to identify with or understand. But I don't have to understand that in order to be compassionate towards it and and um you know engage in discourse about it like this and um you know like i when that happened i absolutely talked about it with my parents and of course they are not people who understand anything like that either right but simple things like that like talking to my parents about it you know continues the conversation elsewhere right they talk to their peers about it and like this is how this is how we're doing things now i i think that um starting to do things yes um it has been very important um for 
for my brother and I to really start with our own household, right? Mm-hmm. You start with your own home and, right. and you know, start with those little movements to affect change and, you know, help your parents and whoever understand um, or even just be open to engaging in that discourse so they can, you know, take those ideas elsewhere mm-hmm. um, amongst their peers who, you know, are generally of their generation mm-hmm. and have a similar way of thinking mm-hmm. um, and can, you know, I can honestly say that because of the conversations that we have with our parents, mm-hmm their minds are certainly more open and they have nice. broader knowledge of just activism in general and the mm-hmm. things that we talk about, right? I think it's just really important for us mm-hmm. to start at home and just keep on informing, right? Because we, we know the difference between right and wrong, mm-hmm. but I think that everyone sort of applies it a bit differently. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I'm going to put this all on you guys now to you know, set the stage for what's to come. So, I, I try to use my platform for this kind of stuff and um, try to highlight behaviors that I want other men to hopefully follow and, mm-hmm. and reproduce in their own homes. Um, but now it's all, this is going to be completely the responsibility of you two to fix the world right now. <laughs> um, if you have so. the keys to the master stroke, this is for both of you guys, mm-hmm. keys to the master stroke, one turn fixes everything to balance the playing field and make the world better for women across the world. What do you do? Smash the patriarchy into non-existence. Say it one more time so the camera sees your face. Smash the patriarchy into non-existence. What about you? (laughs) No comment. (laughs) You know what? I think that's the safest thing to do because I actually really do agree with you. I agree with you, 100%. You know what? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Hey, hey man, preaching to the choir here, man. Whether it's through religion, whether it's through culture, whether it's through music, mm-hmm. wherever it mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. the idea of patriarchy, we know it's failed. Miserably failed. Yeah. Repeatedly mm-hmm. failed. Yeah. Countries failed. Mm-hmm. Governments failed. Mm-hmm. World wars. Corporations failed. Polluting of the earth. Mm-hmm. It is literally powered by patriarchy. Mm-hmm. So if we yeah. can eliminate those things, those kind of... That's breaking a law. Yeah, th- yeah. Systems think about... From society, yeah. Yeah. We might be able to actually move forward right? yeah. and make the world a better place. Think about the world right now, right? The, possibly. The toxic egos of, yeah. of men have literally started a war. Yes. As we speak. You know, and speak, I don't, right. again, like, I don't want to generalize it into that, you know, I'm sure there were a lot of other things that happened, but... If we really want to boil it down to to something, mm-hmm. um, right? There's never been a war. <laughs> let's just put it this way: there's never been a war in this world, in our current recorded history, mm-hmm. where the war was started by two warring nations led by two women. Has not happened in our current recorded history. I think that should say okay. that should kind of sum up most of it right there. Okay. Um, but before we do head out of here, okay. um, Angeline, time for you to shamelessly plug yourself. Where can people find you in the yes. podcast? Sure. Uh, the podcast is called No Ties 1879. Um, no Ties speaks to our connection or mm-hmm. disconnection, rather. Um, in 1879, uh, we really wanted to bring to light and highlight 
the the date, which was May 14th, 1879, where the first boat, the Leonidas, landed in Fiji carrying the first round of indentured laborers. Yeah. And so that is why we call it No Ties 1879. Um, we talk about, you know, our experiences growing up in a white neighborhood. And we also talk about Gitimit because it's very important to us that the world knows this history, um, you know, our story of resilience. It's very important to us. So we're on all the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, everywhere. Go find us. Um, we are No Ties 1879 Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And I am at Angeline KP on Instagram. If you want to follow me there, I um, talk a lot about feminism mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. menstrual equity. I'm a menstrual equity activist. That's I work right. with a lot of nonprofits to... Um, just a week off every month. Yes. <laughs> a week off every I really actually yeah. wanted to talk a little bit more about that too. Like uh, mm-hmm. we'll have to actually bring you back another time because I do want to touch yeah. base on that as well. Your, you know, what you do and and how you support the women out there. Um, yeah, you know, it's I really it's, important to me. It, it's, yeah, it's really and important. it's important to a lot of uh, yeah. older women and younger women. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I I'm not gonna just say uh, for the younger women because you know what I, I'm going to be really honest i i think you're absolutely amazing i think you're such Thank an you. intelligent uh, woman you. um and you have actually taught me quite a bit you know so i just lot. think that everybody has room to learn mm-hmm. um so i do want to i do want to invite you back uh, another time absolutely um, maybe it to. could be uh Angeline and the Pepper show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's not going to be as fun at all. You know this. You know what? I love having um, uh, a non-menstruator in the room when we're mm-hmm. talking about menstruation yeah. because there's always these moments of yeah. aha. Yeah. And I think it's great. Yeah. I think... Um, live learning is pretty great and um just the you know asking of the questions things that you never necessarily considered before mm-hmm. i think is awesome having yes. that perspective so absolutely yeah so if anybody is you know curious about menstrual equity mm-hmm. um you know what that means or if you do know what it means and you want to move it forward please just hit me up i am always willing to talk about it and yeah. uh and this show would not be the same without my homie mm-hmm. uh, Arif yeah, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, right? Like, so bad, so horrible. And but you know what? I always got to take one shot at him, at least in at one least episode. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. He is bulletproof, and he's absolutely amazing as well. All love to you. Thank you so much for, sure. for co-hosting with yeah. me. Yeah. And shout out to Aisha as well for giving us this platform to uh, making, yeah. um, you know, our true stories come alive. And yeah. where can people find you? Do they have to? Yes. Absolutely have to. <laughs> I'm a little bit shy, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Pepper Prasad on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, same thing. Pepper Prasad. doesn't change. And uh, you can find me at It's Elite, I-T-S-A-L-I-T-E on all platforms, as well as the High Phrase Podcast with me and my homie ACDJ. 
Uh, and before we head out of here, we have to plug a show that we're doing yes. March the 19th, yeah. High Phrase Live, the very first High Phrase live podcast. We're going to have comics. We're going to have musicians. Okay. We're going to have Angeline and Ash Neal from the No Ties podcast okay. uh, for the very first time doing their very first live. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm so really excited. excited to see you guys yeah. do your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a great show. It's going to be at 431 Front Street Muse. Um, Suna Studios. It's got an inappropriate name, so we're not going to say it here. But we'll make sure we throw it up in the comments so you guys know how to get <laughs> to us. Um, $20 a ticket. It's going to be like a four-hour show. It's going to be supremely entertaining. Um, nothing like this that you've seen before in this city. So I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on air. Thank you for having yeah, me. I really absolutely. appreciate it. Thank sure. You. And uh, shout out to our sponsor once more, the Punjab Banquet Hall. Uh, you can reach out to Jiwan or Shema at 604-598-7611. They hold 50 to 850 people. Mm. We've been to many weddings uh, at this place is a beautiful, beautiful hall uh, there in the Pile Business Center. Okay, and don't forget, if you are doing a fundraiser or any kind of uh, um, any fundraiser, really charitable causes, charitable causes yeah, fundraiser, yeah. Uh, they will give you the hall for free, uh, long as you pay for the food. So it's a good cause. Uh, then give them it's a good trade off. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. a good yeah, trade off. Yeah, so hit them up, Punjab Banquet Hall. Six zero four five nine eight seven six one one, and who can they reach? Uh, they can reach Jiwan or Shama. All right. For those of you listening on Facebook, thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of you on Shana TV and uh, Radio Bulamasti and Dreams Asian TV, thanks for tuning in. It was great jumping into your faces for an hour. We will see you all <laughs> next week. Peace. <laughs>